0: all right welcome in on another episode of the outside the lines podcast today we're going to debrief what might have been the greatest snow game ever played college football high school football nfl whatever snowmageddon was absolutely electric it was fantastic gonna talk a little bit of ball and of course we might you know talk a little bit about some bowl games we don't know where exactly where we're going yet but we will of course predict it in a Of course, if you're listening to this, you know that we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue as well as the best place to watch the big game. This Thursday night, we have Seattle at Dallas. Very, very fun Thursday night football game with some playoff implications. Of course, head on over there for their deals. $2 liquor mugs from 9 to 10 p.m., 10 to 11 p.m., $4 liquor mugs. And they moved to $5 from 11 p.m. to close. That's a hell of a deal. I'll tell you, you're not going to get that anywhere else. So head on over there, support our boy Ben. And without further ado, let's talk Snowmageddon. One of the greatest games I've ever seen. I... Have been a little bit more cynical about the farm again approach this year, and man, this game just made me look like another big dumb idiot. I'm this. It's the year of terrible takes for Mason this year, but I'm okay with it. I've never seen any snow game look like that. Where it's that competitive, but man, just give me your thoughts. This was this was an electric game. I'm so excited to debrief it.
1: Yeah, honestly. I can't remember the last Iowa State game that I enjoyed watching maybe more than this one. It was obviously a little nerve-wracking because the game was close. We were down at times, things like that. But the overall craziness surrounding it, I'm, I genuinely do not know um, the last game that kind of comes close to this one. Mm. The snow was crazy. The way the game started off was just insane. And... It felt, like, it felt like it was just a sprint for uh, 60 minutes straight. Like, there was no breaks. You couldn't really take your eyes off of it. Um, and, yeah, as an Iowa State fan, obviously the end result was fantastic too. I think if it goes the opposite way, we're like, oh, that's a, a really rough one. Um, but all in all, you know, it was a fantastic game. You saw it all over, like twitter and stuff everyone's like this is this game's crazy you know people were not just like iosak say people like the national media were like this is insane so
0: yeah yeah that's uh first first reactions that doesn't happen where a snow game is that high powered i i'm i was honestly scraping my memory for have i seen a snow game ever look like this the only one i could think of was the Bills against the Patriots, I think it was two, three years ago in the playoffs, but it was only the, the Bill scoring. The Patriots, I think, put up like seven points all game, and the Bills had like over 40. But I've never, ever seen a snow game that, I don't know, was competitive beyond 20 points. And what, what was the end score here? 42, 42-35, is, is that yep. correct? I don't have it in front yes. of me. That's unreal. And, and I think what was... Super weird about it was throughout most of the game, I was kind of on edge thinking, damn, K-State is really just marching down the field against us. But my K-State buddies, I I had a a bet with one of them at halftime when they were up by seven. I think it was halftime. He said, hey, I'm ready to call this a scratch. Like, this is such a weird, like looking game where it's almost just like a, a bunch of middle school football players because every single game, where every single touchdown was just a big play to the point where it was almost impossible to predict. But I'm just like, Hey, if, if K state fans are feeling just as comfortable as I am about this, then we're going to keep riding through it. And obviously we came out on top. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My, my take about Farmagenon, I still stand by it, but as far as the year of bad takes, I, I I'm raising my hand. I, I don't think I've ever been more consistently wrong about pretty much every single game that we preview. And this is one of them. I wasn't sure I was expecting a very like fun. I, I mean, especially with the inclement weather, I I'm having a hard time finding the words for it, but it was a wild, wild thing to watch. Like you said, may, maybe the craziest game I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Um, you do have a terrible take around it and that's okay. In, uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I had a fantastic take on Twitter. I tweeted about that was an hour going, and a half before the game and said, "Need to start off the K State game like this with Brees Hall breaking it for 75 yards against K State a couple of years ago." And lo and behold, Abu Sama does the exact same thing first play. Um, so that now, that are you gonna funny. do that?
0: Are you gonna do that every game moving forward, or are you calling your heat check right now? Like I, I can never do that again. I gotta heat check it. You know, like
1: this is one of those you can't get greedy with this kind of stuff. You know, that's just all right. You know, gotta gotta be like, hey, this is a rare one. It hits. We for some odd reason come out strong against K State, and and that's that. So, um, yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that. But. I mean, when, when play one starts that way, you're like everyone watching is just kind of like you're immediately locked in. And I think that's, that's a fun, like obviously an amazing element of, of scoring on, you know, the first
0: offensive play of the game. So then he scored the, the first second quarter or first, ugh, I can't talk first play of the second quarter mm-hmm. and obviously had another, you know, very big breakaway later on. I think it was in the second half. That, I mean, let's just talk about that. Cartavius Norton and Eli Sanders, we found out right before kickoff. I don't even know if they made the trip. Uh, clearly, it, it sounds like all signs are pointing them to the transfer portal. And I would say throughout most of the year, uh, the, raising my hand again, I've been wrong on this. I I, I thought Abu kind of had a little bit more upside. But what we're seeing right now, I, I felt Cartavius Norton was our best running back. And I felt that for throughout most of the season, to be just very honest. Uh, Yeah, no, uh, Abu is the guy like he he is. Clearly, these folks are seeing what he's doing in practice and the signs are pointing them to, hey, this is going to be Abu, right? This is going to be Abu's team for the next so many years. So I, I mean I, I don't uh, clearly I it's, it's, it was kind of like a bittersweet thing because I like Cartavius I like Eli a lot I don't I want them to stick with the program but at the same time they're almost too good to you know be backups and Abu is is the guy and I knew that Abu was good but I did not see him showing shades of Brees Hall like three different times in, in one game especially in a game where it's hard to keep your footing. His balance was incredible. He was still bouncing off players, and he was making guys miss. You're seeing everything you want to see in a premier Iowa State running back. We got another good one. Abu Sama has arrived.
1: Yeah, seriously. We are maybe a little spoiled at the running back position, it feels like. Um, Yeah. If we're going to be very, very straightforward here. But, yeah, if you run for almost 300 yards in a
0: game, like – I don't know. What what else can you say about that? <laughs> I mean, that's more than Brees Hall ever did. I know Tr- Troy Davis has three games that surpassed um Abu's performance, but Abu right there, more rushing yards in one game than any of Brees Hall's put together. Or, yeah, yeah, than any of Brees Hall. So, it's a good sign. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, and then you also have to talk about Jalen Um and – him three catches two touchdowns it's kind of like that randy moss meme yeah the show or it's like three catches 160 yards three touchdowns that that was essentially um noel's game too and
0: the randy moss thanksgiving game
1: the sideline one was so fucking cool but at the Mm. same time when he went to the sideline i was like i'm just waiting for these fuckers to blow the whistle and they didn't blow the whistle holy shit they actually did not Fuck us over on that. It was great. It was great.
0: They finally decided to let it play. Yeah, that I think everyone had a little bit of PTSD, just him on the sidelines. And it from the camera angle, you know, the camera was projecting on like on like the far side of the field. So I was thinking he's he's probably went out of bounds. Like, like there was so much. I mean, yeah. that I'm like, there's no way in hell this is gonna stay. And you saw the replay, and dude, he dusted people. He like did a little a little gallop and then. Hook off that it was just a cool looking play, man. I mean, what what was it with K State? Like, I, I did I didn't think that their defense was outstanding going into it, but I thought it was formidable. I, I mean, you, you can't be I can't I, I can't watch that game and say that's a good defense when all of our we had six, you no know, five touchdowns that were over sixty yards, all of them big plays. No plays in the red zone, not a single one. Is that correct? I literally had to. Scrounge the internet, if that was correct, because that still we sounds had, wrong. We
1: had two plays. One was a punt, and then one was the, the Jaden Higgins touchdown at the end. That was it.
0: But Was that in the red zone, which means like 20 yards no, in? No, not in the red Higgins Sorry, was, sorry, sorry. We had none on the On red their zone. side had, of the field.
1: We only had two on their side of the field the entire game. Which is insane. That is actually wild. Imagine someone telling you that at the start of the game, be like, "Hey, Iowa State's only going to run two plays on on K State's territory." You'd be like, "Did we lose 45 to zero like K State?" If you're getting
0: crushed, oh, oh my gosh,
1: yeah. Um, I'm gonna do a little like, can you imagine watching this game as a K State fan though? Like, I would have been livid, <laughs> like. You have all these great drives. Your offense is fucking churning. You've had the ball yep. for basically the entire game. Iowa State had the ball for a total of less than 18 minutes of the game. You had the ball for 42 minutes of the game. And every fucking time this Iowa State offense, like the first touchdown, you're like, okay, all right, whatever. Like, we'll get it back. It happens. You know, yeah, it happens. They they went down and kicked two very short field goals. Shout out to the defense for getting stops mm-hmm. there. And then, but then after that, you're churning second quarter. You're like, okay, big, big run or big drive. We're up six. Hopefully we'll figure it out. They can't have any more long pass plays or rushing plays. And then it just keeps fucking happening. Oh man, I would be, I don't know. It would be incredibly frustrating because you've played really well on one end. And then the other end, you just completely, I don't know, like, Shit down your pants, but it's not even like that. It's like you just—I don't know—you allowed one big ass play each time, which I feel like is more frustrating uh, on a, as oh, a defensive unit. Like it's way more like because you're just like fuck. Like we prevent that, maybe they go three now or whatever. Um, but yeah, I could not imagine watching this. Like if this happened to the Cyclones, I would just be like, you got to be fucking kidding me, like.
0: <laughs> Dude, and conversely, our defense felt like the exact opposite where it was a lot of give but no give up like oh my gosh it just felt like every single drive I'm like we are just really letting them march down the field on us if they continue to do this all game we're going to lose and they continued to just march down the field but of course whenever they would get in the red zone we'd have an outstanding you know third down stop and force them into a field goal it felt like that happened I don't know, several different times. And that ended up being the difference in the game, clearly. But I, it it was it didn't feel that way when I was watching it. Like, when I was watching it, I was thinking, we are so damn lucky we're up by a touchdown. Or we're so damn lucky we're within a touchdown because of these big plays. I just did not think that it was sustainable. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, I was proved wrong. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going to raise my hand again. I think it's pretty reasonable to think it's unsustainable
1: that – um, your team's gonna keep scoring for like seventy plus yards. I, I don't, I don't think that's in um, a logical thing to think about. Like, big, like, oh, we already have three uh, like sixty, seventy yard touchdowns. I, I don't know if we'll get another one. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe all happen. our luck has pre- maybe run out. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I agree. I mean, this defensive unit was. Like they didn't, like you said, they, they, a lot of bending, but not breaking. And the thing that mattered is at the end of the game, after they had been on the field for 90 plus plays, they ended up being on the field for 102. They got the stop when it mattered. You know, we uh, didn't allow K State to score for essentially the entire fourth quarter. They scored their touchdown right at the beginning of it. And that's, that's huge. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not the the most fun to watch uh, when they just kind of marched down the field a lot. Um, but, hey, they stepped up when it mattered and walking out of Manhattan with the dub.
0: Mm-hmm. Will Howard was interesting all game because it felt like he would have just a a terrible throw. I mean, we almost picked him off three other times like we should have had three plus picks. Um, obviously, the the special teams blunder was was very hurtful going in going into halftime where they you know I, th- I think they converted that into a, a touchdown. But yeah, then he would also have huge third down conversions where he would like I, I don't know you you you'd complete like a third of fifteen and then keep the chains moving. So the entire game I was just like okay d- does this guy suck? D- oh oh now he looks really good. It was just like the most inconsistent style of quarterback play I've seen. Um, I I don't know. And on the other side of the ball, Rocco, I I don't think we utilized him a a ton. I mean, it's a snow game. You wouldn't expect that. Also, we had the ball for 18 minutes, but you know, step up and made really great throws when it was needed. You know, that first touchdown for Jalen Noel, that was a perfectly hit in stride. I mean, that's exactly how you want to execute that slant pass. The timing, everything was perfect. And then his two Long passes to Jaden Higgins, one of them for a touchdown, both just on the money. I mean, in in the first one, I think he threw, which was a about like a a 15, 20 yard, you know, out route. He put a lot of loft on that ball, but it was still just perfectly thrown to him. And sometimes you see that ball floating a little bit. You're like, oh, my gosh. But then you remember it's a snow game and you want to you want to give it a little bit more air because there was a lot of Will Howards that were a little bit more of darts and you could see. No one was catching that ball, including our defenders, unfortunately. But it, it was just – an it was a weird game. I mean, at the end of the day, it was so damn weird. But what's even weirder, new, is whenever we play these electric games, when do we ever actually come out with a win? Like, it it feels weird that we we won that one. It's like, wow, that was a fun game. And holy shit, we can actually celebrate and be happy about it.
1: Yeah, it does feel like when we get into these, like, high-scoring back-and-forth affairs, we somehow at the end – like lose. I don't know. I feel like we've we've had it with Oklahoma State. We've had it with Oklahoma a lot where it's just like a lot of these back and forth games, but then yeah, right at the end it, it's it's usually a loss. So no, I agree. Um I did want to add I like I think the point about Rocco is one that is very true. Like because he was not the big takeaway from the game, obviously with Sama and, and Noel being, you know, such big um you know, I don't know, big plays and all that kind of stuff. But Rocco was making throws when it mattered. And it was really impressive in that weather. Um, he was slinging it, and obviously, like you said, I uh, was able to hit Nolan stride. The Higgins throw was fucking unwild or unwild. That, that's that, that's a
0: word. word. It's just wild.
1: <laughs> it was just wild. I was trying I don't even know. Out of this world, uh, unreal. Out of this I was, world. I think yeah, I, was, I that was works. Just, You know, mixing uh, unreal and wild there. Um, But yeah, no, I really want to give Rocco his flowers because, you know, also like not having a turnover too, like passing it and shit. Like that's,
0: that's pretty. In a snow Uh, game.
1: In a snow game. Slippery
0: field. And the ball is clearly slick too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um,
1: seriously, that was, uh, you know, Definitely very impressed with how Rocco's come to um, like developed this this season.
0: So very fun tidbit about Rocco Beck. Austin Narber um, pulled up this fun little stat. He is the only quarterback with 2,674 yards, 63 and a half completion rate, 20 TDs, eight INTs, 147 QBR in less than one sack per game. With the exclusion of Carson Beck, Bo Nix and Michael Penix. Now, what do we know about those other three quarterbacks? One place for Georgia, the other place for Oregon, which is one of the most you know perfectly ran offensive systems, as well as Michael Penix on Washington. Less than one sack per game was the one that stuck out to me. He's running for his life. What feels like almost every other drop back. No one else is Carson Beck, Bo Nix, Michael penix they typically have time. Sometimes Pennix has to run around a little bit, but that is outstanding. That, that shows that what Rocco is doing with what he has, I, I'm just going to call it out. It's, we don't have near as great of, of a support system as Georgia, Oregon, or Washington offensively, and he has that stat line. That's pretty damn impressive. I, I mean, I, I think sometimes we forget you know, what he's dealing with, this is the youngest team we have. I think this is the youngest team in college football, if I am not mistaken. I saw that stat somewhere. I'm not sure if that was accurate or not. But what he is doing with everything around him is is pretty outstanding. And keep in mind, he himself is a redshirt freshman. I mean, he, he's he got a lot of room for growth, and he's shown us so much in his first year starting.
1: Yeah, seriously. Uh, um, I don't think we could have asked for a better – freshman year from from Beck and kind of getting thrown into, I mean, we we had an idea that Deckers probably wasn't going to be around, but getting getting thrown into the starting role um, that way was, you know, I think hard, tough, you, you know, you don't really know what to expect if it was like, hey, we hope Rocco gets another year or two to develop as a backup, whatever, but he got thrown into the fire, and there was obviously some growing pains and whatnot, but. I think we saw, especially with um, you know, Shield House towards the end of the year, they were like, "Hey, let's, let's let Roc- Rocco do his thing. We'll, we'll kind of live and die by by Rocco a bit, and it's it's done well." So.
0: Hmm. Well, should we talk a little bit about? Yes.
1: I have one last thing. I, I, I would like to admit this because I said the entire season. I said. I don't know if this Iowa State team is actually that good or good because they haven't beat a good team. I would like to mm. declare that this Iowa State team is good. They they beat a good team. Um, they beat them in a very exciting and honestly kind of funny manner. And I have to give them their overall flowers of their good team. They're going bowling, and they have a shot at, at eight wins, which is – wasn't that more than the 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 team that we uh, came into the season with huge preseason expectations and they kind of floundered, I believe? <laughs> so,
0: I, I think we were expected to win four games going into this year. Yes. Um, I don't think you can bet on the you know over four season win total for college football. At least I was trying to because I can. wanted to take that bet. Oh, you can bet no. on anything. No. Well, that's a bummer, right? I need to dump DraftKings. Um, yeah, I mean, we're we're poised for a bowl game. We were going into this. Should we talk a little bit of just p- some predictions that we've seen out there? I mean, we won't know for another week, so this is all just a little bit of hodgepodge. But I, I'm seeing, you know, CBS has us predicted to play in the armed forces against, drumroll please, the raging Cajuns. That, oh, hey, God. <laughs> talk about a revenge game, though. Been a little while since we've seen them. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, no. The bowl thing's always wild. Um, I always think it's very interesting to see how how teams get picked because if a lot of teams are close in the standings, a lot of it comes down to which team's gonna make us the most money by coming here. And I feel like over the years, maybe bowl game people have figured out that Iowa State fans travel really well and. They'll do well um drinking your beer and and spending money in your local economy so hopefully that always yeah.
0: helps us get get a better bowl um you yeah. know i i will say having that last game um there is I, maybe this is just a a look of things maybe it's just the aesthetic aesthetically pleasing nature of seeing you know seven wins versus six but i i feel like having that seventh win will put us in, in a little bit more of a Obviously more of a desirable bowl, but sometimes when you see those like six win teams going to bowl games, the bowl game itself is just kind of, As- I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't want to say that, but like, it's too many bowl games, yeah, there are, but like having that seven wins, it's like, okay. Now we're probably going to play a team that I'm actually going to enjoy watching. Honestly, Raging Cajuns, I don't really care a ton to watch that. So I don't know if we will, but like, I, I, just, I just think the level of competition we'll be playing will be a little bit more enticing. And like you said, I, I think, you know, cities are now realizing Iowa state travels very well. We we do like to, you know, just kind of see new sites, especially down South. If you want to bring us to some warmer weather in December, Hey, Iowa State fans will come. If you build it, Iowans will come. And I don't know. I I think it could be a very fun one. Liberty Bowl is another one I've seen a good amount. I actually saw mm. Liberty Bowl versus Memphis again, a literal what? rematch of 2017.
1: I don't think that's oh, gonna happen. Oh God, that would be hilarious. That would be kind of uh, funny. That would be funny. We mm-hmm. ran Memphis. We we literally came to Memphis's house and said, "No, this is actually temporarily our place for a couple of and days." Drink and all then, and drink all their beer. And drink all their beer. And flip their helmet upside down. Probably still one of the coolest moments ever. Like
0: Alan Lazard, shout out. Man, that that so, was sweet. I'm also seeing Bahamas Bowl, Iowa State versus California. Athlon Sports has us there. Um, I saw us in the Guaranteed Bowl in Phoenix. Don't know who that was against, but I don't know. We'll see. It'll be fun to watch it come out. It's always fun to have that reveal.
1: Yes. Yeah. So
0: it'll be be exciting to go bowling this year. Really quick. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this. I'm not. I don't really love the big 12 championship matchup. I, I like it for the sake of I did not want Oklahoma versus Texas for obvious reasons But at the same time, part of me is almost kind of like the um, everyone against Texas mentality. Like, I don't really know if Oklahoma State matches up the best against Texas. I'm also just having the big hurdle I'm trying to climb over of. We kind of handled them the entire game. How can I expect them to beat Texas? Um, I don't know. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to cheer my ass off for Gundy, but... It it feels like it'll be a Texas blowout.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing is that Texas is actually playing um, pretty well, too. Like, I was really hoping they'd get tripped up these last few games, but they kind of for sure brought it to Texas Tech this weekend. And so because of that, <clears throat> it feels like they're maybe locked in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, obviously everyone... In the Big 12 is uh, an Okie State fan this weekend, like no doubts, because also everyone fucking hates Texas. That's just obvious, too. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would say I don't feel too terribly optimistic um, with it, but we'll for sure be, you know, rooting for Okie State and be the biggest Gundy fan ever. So, but they're uh, 14 and a half point underdogs. So that's. uh, Yikes. Would be quite the upset
0: to say I'm least. staying away from that line. Very far away
1: from it. No, do not want to touch that one. So, but hey, um
0: Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Go Cowboys. So we forgot to talk about Brock Purdy's perfect performance the week before, um, which is okay because he put a stomping on Seattle again. Dude, he's just good, man. And, and I think What's so infuriating? OK, this is total clickbait. I fell for it. I don't think he was being sarcastic, though. But the ringer came out with an article where they released their top you know, X amount of quarterbacks. I think they had Brock Purdy around like 19 or 21, specifically behind Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Tom Brady, who's retired, and Caleb Williams and Drake May, who are in college. Again, I'm 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 getting frazzled. The entire point of this article is, I'm sure, to target people like me. But it, it, I'm just gonna I'm gonna float this out there. He wasn't being sarcastic. Like there are still people who stay downing this man, and I know that he has an incredible supporting cast around him and an incredible head coach but there, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks come through this system who, who, didn't, who weren't even nearly as effective as Brock Purdy is and has been for over an entire regular season. It's, it baffles me that people stay doubting this man.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> one, that article, not even going to give it the time of day here because whoever wrote that is just a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, Two, yeah, the perfect game thing. Is, I, you know, gotta apologize for for not mentioning that last episode. But like, the I think my favorite thing is is even when Brock does something like this, there's still somehow people that try to like, like knock it down. They're like, oh, you yeah, know, like I could have a perfect game if I got to hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey and throw to Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and stuff like that. And it's just I don't know, like because it's so funny how on the opposite end of the spectrum everyone's like Patrick Mahomes has no weapons, like they need to help him out and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, so you're saying that even a top talent like Patrick Mahomes needs weapons around him to be like, yeah, play like Patrick Mahomes because he's not playing like Patrick Mahomes this year. It's like, huh, that's weird. Um, and it's just it's funny how I don't know the storyline that gets put around one and the other, and it's it's just kind of I, I think at this point it's. What does Brock like? I'm over like anyone who says the Brock Purdy's not good just like doesn't know ball. We've established this. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, what the hell else does Brock need to do in the like? And I don't think it's honestly anything in the regular season that he can do at this point. He has to actually go to like the Super Bowl and win it. And even still, people would be like, well, yeah, like Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with the Ravens and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, well, Trent Dilfer was fucking ass. Trent Dilfer wasn't like putting up crazy fucking like passing totals, being extremely efficient with the ball and like putting shit, like tossing dimes all over the field, you know, like the- these aren't even like, they're not even the same realm. If you wanted to try and be like, Oh, he's just game managing this really good roster or something. He's not just game managing this good, really good roster. He's leading them, putting them in positions to easily win. And even when he was missing a ton of his weapons, they still should have beaten the browns. um like things like that where it's just I don't know it, it's it's silly. It gets me it gets me very riled up um when people like don't know ball and try to talk about Brock.
0: what's ok? I mean, we don't we don't have to spend forever on it. I know I brought it up, but, it it just it, it baffles me because I think so many people are like, well, he just dumps off to CMC. He he runs for a million yards. Brock Purdy leads the league on deep passes, in completion percentage, yards per attempt, and TDs. Okay, and, and he has 684 yards, which is number three. So the the dude, as far as the deep ball, he slings it. He also ranks second in each category of 20 plus, 30 plus, and 40 yards throw. I think what was really weird about me is a lot of people are still saying this whole Brock Purdy for MVP thing is just, it's just, um, I don't know, it's a political campaign. It's something that people are just pressing. Guess what? Tom Brady in 2017, do you remember 2017, Carson Wentz got hurt and people were thinking, well, he was the MVP until he got injured. Then pretty much it was between Tom Brady and Todd Gurley and a lot of people wanted to, wanted to see it go to Todd Gurley because there wasn't an, an incredible quarterbacking performance that year. But Tom Brady was still the best of all the quarterbacks there. You could say he might not have been the greatest player in the league, but it's a quarterback type of award. So if you're not going to give this MVP— No, no, it to, is just
1: a quarterback award.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you can't give it to Tyreek Hill. You can't give it to Miles Garrett, though I think they're incredible you know, players for this MVP award. But Brock Purdy— is leading almost, you know, I think pretty much every single category in the NFL. How could he not be the MVP front runner at this point? Like he, he has to be otherwise his history tells us that nothing else matters. Like, like history tells us that they were wrong every other year in the past when this happens. So if we're going to base it off of, you know, historical statistics of who has the best quarterbacking performance that year, it's gotta be Brock Purdy. I know he might not have as much sizzle, as Patrick Mahomes and might not be as, you know, hard to bring down as a Josh Allen, but he's clearly leading the league in, in everything. So I don't think if it's a facade. This He has to be the front runner at this point. And he's better than Lamar Jackson. Lamar has a better record. But if you look at the statistics, this isn't Lamar's greatest year of all time. And Purdy's beating him in almost every other statistic, aside from obviously, you know, rushing yards and rushing TDs. Yeah, I mean, I think...
1: I think the fact, too, that or what annoys me the most is that Jalen Hurts is like so close to being the odds on favorite. Well, he is odds on favorite, but he's his odds are plus 250. And his like yesterday against the Bills, he did have like a uh, Kind of a, a great fourth quarter but his last couple games he hasn't even looked good his, and his, stu- his stats are so inflated by the tush push too like it's like he has mm-hmm. all these rushing touchdowns because he gets down to the fucking like 2 yard, like guys get tackled by the two yard line and they just shove his ass in it's like all of his rushing touchdowns like i'm sorry but tush push is what it is it's not terribly impressive it's like yeah you're good at quarterback sneaking like good job you know um mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I think it's it's absolutely ridiculous that Purdy is, you know, he's, he's like on the outside conversation of it. But he should be the – front like, they – if they don't have, like, the three-game skid where they kind of drop some games and things get ugly, I think Brock would probably be right up there with, like, Mahomes and Lamar and stuff with it. But the fact that he's behind, like, Tua is crazy. Yeah. The Dolphins are ass. Like, the Dolphins are frauds. And like any big game, Tua is not good in. Like, look at Tua, Tua is like the perfect example of schoolyard bullet. He goes and like they beat up like the scrubby ass teams, and then anytime they have to play someone with a winning record, they don't show up. And so honestly, like I think you could say Brock is a NFL MVP. I would also have no problem with people being like, hey, C.J. Stroud's NFL MVP because I think yeah, you take no, him off the fair. Texans, and they're maybe winning like two games they are probably like two and eight at this point point. and instead they're they're in the playoff hunt and
0: i think i have no argument with that i think yeah. cj has been it it's hard seeing giving it to a rookie quarterback but how could you not um anything else around football or should we talk a little ball before we sign off
1: no let's let's talk a
0: little, a little ball so um housekeeping we also did not talk about Tyrese Halliburton just killing everything right now uh admittedly I don't watch the NBA uh, I I don't watch the NBA until it's Christmas that that's like when I get into NBA so I haven't watched a single one of his games been following him I think he's in the top 10 maybe even top five at this point for MVP odds so it's cool to have one cyclone in the NFL one cyclone in the NBA both truly have a chance to win MVP that's (laughs) dude we're gonna be insufferable if that happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is kind of wild to have. I saw some Someone was like, When was the last time you could ever remember? I like it's never happened with Iowa State, but can you think of even any other school that they've had a top 10 player in the NFL, top 10 player in the NBA? Um, which we're honestly a little spoiled to have that. So, um, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there was one year where Oklahoma, I think with Blake Griffin, or maybe it was Trey Young in Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray, can't remember, where one won the Heisman and the other won the player of the year.
1: I mean, this is not the not professional, professional scale, though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Come, come,
1: do it with, come do it with the big boys.
0: Yeah, yeah, come on. Um, talking about our basketball team, though, Um, I don't know. The Virginia Commonwealth game was pretty fun. Like, I can't argue that, but could you say that it should that should have been as close as it was? Like, should we have had to overcome a – 15 plus, where I think it was just 15 exactly, point deficit, probably not. Um, I don't know. You know, this was the first time we were able to see Iowa State against, I would say, competition where we can actually take something from it. And to me, it just looks like offensively, we're playing one-on-one for the most part. It didn't really look like we were, you know, running too much of an offense trying to get people, you know, open and and not too many off-the-ball movement. And you, you can just still tell that our, our game offensively tends to develop throughout the year. But what scares me is the good teams also do that. I, and I was kind of hoping that maybe would come out a little more polished on the offensive side of things. And what's also looking a little different this year is we're maybe we are scoring more points per game than we were the, in years past. But we're not looking as defensively locked down. So, I don't know, the three games over this past weekend were, you know, it was a very good test for us. I think it was just nice to actually have something to go off of. But I wouldn't say that I was horribly impressed. I kind of hate saying that, but I I wasn't terribly impressed by the Cyclone basketball team, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think hopefully you just kind of want to chalk this one up to a tournament being over Thanksgiving break. You know, like, I don't know maybe not that hype whatever um this team's trying to still like mesh together you know I, I think the other thing that is there's there's not there was not a lot of continuity from last year to this year's team and i think right. you know you can go and play some scrubby ass teams and run like run it well when you don't have you know that kind of on court chemistry but i think that's a big component is like, you have to find the encore chemistry on the offensive and defensive end. I will agree. I, I don't think the defense looks as like locked in. And I think some of it's trying to figure out, okay, who are going to be these guys? Like, how do these new guys develop into like Ots's, you know, system of, Hey, you got to grind on the defensive end. Um, things like that, that hopefully just take some time to get uh, figured out as they come along. But I'd say one thing that's nice about this team is obviously they they show that they have like fight in them. Um, yeah, which you know is like whatever, but you would also expect that from a, an odds team. So um, but yeah, I, I would say it's you don't come away from this weekend like all too terribly impressed by the results here. So
0: yeah, and, and you you hit the nail on the head. You know we have new new players; they're still learning the system. Um, you know, and some of these newer guys, I would say Keyshawn Gilbert, you know, he's Jaron Holmes. He just steps right in as a guard who can create his own shot and actually knock him down consistently. You know, he's going to be a very reliable player for us. But I think some of the other, you know, newer, newer folks we have playing for us are, are just taking some time to adjust. It really feels like whenever we get the ball down low, whether we're driving or we just, you know, pass it in there it feels like we're forcing so many of these shots, which I, I partially get it. You're down low. You're close to the hoop. Part of you just feels like it's it's a higher percentage shot than just chucking up an NBA three, but you still want to get a good shot. It feels like we just weren't, you know, working with the shot clock much. Like there are so many times we dribbled to the middle of the lane and we would have a guy open at the three. And instead we would force something down low. That just wasn't really a high quality shot. It looked like that was happening a lot. And I, I think, you know, I'm I'm just trusting it will get better because mostly I'm seeing it with newer players and hell I mean Robert Jones this wasn't his greatest weekend but you can still tell that his efficiency and overall shot selection has improved on that front and so I think maybe it's just going to take a little bit of time with some of these newer players um, definitely not panic mode quite yet oh especially I haven't even mentioned this Virginia Tech made over ninety percent of their threes so that losing that game on Friday that was just that was tough. It honestly felt like we played a, a decent game, but whenever you know we we brought the game within one score, they would just nail a three. And it's when they're making over ninety percent of their threes, you're gonna lose that game nine times out of ten. So I'm not too upset about the Virginia Tech loss. I guess
1: they made not. There's no way they made ninety percent of their threes.
0: Was it in the first? Someone half? checks. Someone can I check. I think it was in the that, first. Half, that was another thing I just sh- I came across. They shot out of their yeah. ass. Fact check me on that. Fact check me. Um,
1: I do have one thing I would like to say. is, Please. This team, like, I, I don't know what's up, but they got, like, I feel like this kind of happened a little bit last year, too, but Ots ha- really has to get these guys to practice their free throws because they cannot be missing, like, double-digit free throws in a game. Like, they, I feel like, are right around this baseline of, 60 ish some percent from free throw like line and and that's how you lose close games too if you can't execute from the from the free throw line so that's something i'd really like to see get cleaned up i i feel like last year that was something that we struggled with as well but um yeah I, i think that one definitely needs to uh I would like to see that not be an issue moving forward.
0: So, um Virginia Tech made 40%. Damn it, it's Cyclone Larry. Damn it, he got me again. He got me again. I think I think it was the first half. I think the first half they started off like hot as shit. I'll, I'll then... be honest, what was infuriating to me was the second half. It, that was when it felt like we were cutting down on the lead and yeah, they, they they clearly didn't make 90% of their threes, but they were making them when it mattered and I think that was what was so kind of demoralizing watching it. But I digress all move forward from that Um, good side of the, you know, glass half full approach Um, VCU. We should not have won, but guess how he won? Tame and Lipsy's jump shot that good to see. I mean, as, as far as seeing improvement on the weaknesses from last year, carrying into this year, odds is attacking them. He said, Hey, this is something that we need at a team. And we need you to be more of an offensively reliable player. And, and he's improved on it. And so, I don't know, glass half full approach, a little bit of loser talk. But, hey, I I embrace loser talk a little bit. You you got it. You do. You
1: do. You love loser talk, to be honest, which kind of probably means you're just a loser. But
0: Uh, I just think you and I are completely opposite. You love to be cynical. You love to go into games. I, I like the term realistic. It's good. We balance each other out. I think there's some stuff to be happy about, though. You, you want you want to find the stuff that you can take away from the game, like, hey, that was good. Because sometimes you have games where you cannot say any of that. And I wouldn't necessarily say that that was the case this week in Friday State basketball. There was some good. Keyshawn Gilbert looked great. Lipsy's jump shot clearly improved. We just got we got to tighten the you know the screws on a lot of other things, <laughs> and then we'll be okay. We just need to do it before Cy Hawk next week
1: yeah i mean
0: well it's not next week it's the following
1: but um i
0: thought it was not this thursday but the following so next correct,
1: week which that would not be well
0: i guess this is the start of
1: the week but yeah i guess that's true it would it would technically be next week then um
0: cyhawk always comes up on me so i, I, I just had to it make is sure a quick I was one but, my day but yeah it's on
1: the 7th yeah. it's on december 7th um so yeah i mean <clears throat> i i trust in like otts has shown that his team's get better throughout the season. They're going to have the grind of the big 12. I expect things to the screws will get tightened and, you know, until proven otherwise, where it's like, Oh, actually this team is not good. Um, I'm not going to like get too worried about stuff. You know? Yeah. It's a bummer mm-hmm. that we had a huge lead against Texas A&M and blew that. Um, Texas A&M is also a good team. You know, they're ranked 12th yep. heading into the season you know, say whatever you want about preseason rankings, but am has been really good over the last few years. Um, they're a top 20 Ken Palm team. You know, like that's that's gonna be a a, a tough battle. Um, so I'm not. They, too... they were missing
0: two of their three best players, which doesn't make me feel oh, much better. That that <laughs> does not make me feel better either.
1: Um, yeah,
0: but, but yeah, hey, I, we were up 21 points against that type of team. So that's class true. That full, that's full baby. True.
1: <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Let's only play first halves moving forward, but then we would have there we go. lost two of the games. So,
0: which, <sighs> um, well, anyways, I, I would say overall, this is a good week to be a cyclone, a good weekend to be a cyclone.
1: I don't think anything could have gotten after the farm again. Besides, I think like, you know, bad injuries to people or something like that. I, f- I feel like that's the only way we could have could have get, gotten brought down here Um after that crazy Agreed. game so snow
0: snowmageddon baby tell your kids about it what a hell of a ride that was so fun
1: yes um there any was last Cy minute Hawk,
0: items before we peace out there was
1: cyhawk wrestling which i know nothing about wrestling and i wasn't really gonna talk about to it. it so yeah but i think we lost for the like 18th straight time so um, yeah that's a rough one
0: well but we'll make it back yeah. up with swimming and diving Um, track and field, basketball, Um, because, yeah, we we lost football, which also isn't very nice. Well, yeah. Um,
1: Lastly, I would like to give a shout-out to uh, the women's volleyball team. They made the tournament, and um, they get to play, I believe, Hawaii this Thursday. So maybe they can go on a little magical run. But, uh, yeah, I've been trying to watch a little bit more volleyball lately so i wanted to get that little nugget in there
0: volleyball is fun i'm enjoying in fun. that very very fun well thank you guys for tuning in um we will have iowa state versus depaul this friday and then yeah take some time off you know we'll have a bowl game coming up here we'll discuss that next week as well as a cyhawk basketball preview Um, and of course, if you're listening to this and you made it this far, then reward yourself with a beer, head on over to BNC, support our boy, Ben, always good doing business with him and always fun talking Iowa state with you. Newt's again, any last minute housekeeping items before we roll clones.
1: Super excited for farm again to not be a game in 2027. Thank you, Jamie Pollard. Thank
0: you, Jamie Pollard. All right. Roll clones. Roll clones, baby.